This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. We're going to be going through the book of Ecclesiastes and I'm hoping to, you know, go through the whole book in 10 weeks. Unlike other series that we do when we go through a book, like a book study, we will go through it verse by verse, but we're not going to go through it in order. Um, the way the book is written, it actually is going through it every single week. We're taking a chunk of it. Um, it's beneficial for us to take 10 topics from this book and we'll go through it uh, verse by verse, but we're going to cover 10 topics. And the, the title for the series is going to be Lessons That Life Teaches Us. Ecclesiastes, Lessons That Life Teaches Us. This is one of the oldest philosophical books in the world. Um, in fact, before the Greek philosophers even hit the scene, um, you had Hebrew philosophers and Solomon is one of them. Um, he wrote this book about thousand years before Jesus walked the earth, so thousand, thousand years before uh, Jesus was born and, and, and lived and died and rose again. Um, but this book is not just about philosophy. Um, this book actually is still inspired by God, even though it talks a lot about life and death. Uh, and it, it, its focus is to bring us back to the center of why we were created and what our purpose in life is. I think it's a very timely book for us to, uh, to study in, when, when we come together as a church uh, for God to speak to us because we're going through a time where life seems to be meaningless. And we're living in a world where we're running from one thing to another to find meaning. And I love that in the Bible, that God in his divine wisdom even has this book of Ecclesiastes for us to find our bearings in what did he create us for. Um, so here are five questions I want to ask you. And if you answer yes to any of these questions, this series is for you. You know what? I'll throw in a bonus question, number six too, okay? Just to even it off. Uh, number one, are you bored of life? Uh, you, could, you could comment on your live stream over there. If you say, yes, I'm bored of life, I'm bored in life, I'm bored all the time, this series is for you. Um, are you struggling to keep it together? That is, when, when bad news comes, you know, it's like, hey, um, you just lost your job. You need to sit at home and quarantine yourself. And whenever things shake you, whenever things change, do you struggle keeping things together? This series is for you. Are you working really hard to find your sense of worth in this world? Are you working so hard to find your sense of worth? It's like, man, you know deep inside that you are better than what your parents say you are, what your colleagues say you are, what your boss says you are, what your ex-husband says that you are. Are you working really hard to find your sense of worth in this world? If you say yes, this series is for you. If you've ever wondered about life, death, and afterlife, ever wondered? Life, why am I here? Death, what happens after life, what happens after I die, this series is for you. And if you are sometimes scared to dive into the depths of reason of what happens in the afterlife, where do I go? What's going to happen after that? This series is for you. And the bonus question is this. If you say you're a believer in Jesus Christ, do you? Then this series is for you. So pretty much as I've gone through the book of Ecclesiastes and praying for the church with God, what do you want to share, especially in a time like this? I believe that this book is for every single person, for us to find purpose and meaning, not only in the good times, but also in the hard times. Ecclesiastes, what a weird name for a book, right? I mean, when was the last time you used that in your, in your conversations? Hey, so today, yeah, I had Ecclesiastes for breakfast. You, you don't do that. You know, it's just a weird thing. Like, try to put it in a sentence. You can't. Because it's, it's a Greek translation of a Hebrew word, kohalat, uh, which means the preacher. Not like a Baptist preacher. Thus saith the Lord, repenter. No, not the kind of uh, preacher. Thank you, guys. Few, few of you guys are laughing, which is great. It feels weird to tell jokes. Or something. You know, anyways, uh, I'm looking at like Raul and Linda over there, who's probably laughing. But, and Earl, too. Earl, yeah. Ecclesiastes is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word kohalat, which means preacher. And not like a 
a preacher that, you know, stands in a suit and a tie and a robe or anything like that. But this, uh, its intention of the word is a, a leader that brings a community together to, to, to give them truths that will change them drastically, eternally, so that when they go back to the communities that they're called out of, they will make an eternal impact and an eternal difference. And that's what uh, Kohalath really means. And the writer, the author is Solomon. Uh, a lot of the you know, modern day theologians will debate that. And if you want to debate that, buy me coffee and we'll talk about it. But I don't want to waste time over here. Solomon, if you remember, was born to David. David was this amazing, great king, King David. And um, his mother, do you know who it was? Bathsheba. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about David and Bathsheba. David didn't go to Bathsheba's dad and said, hey, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? No, he went, killed Bathsheba's husband, took her, raped her pretty much, got her pregnant. And that's how um, David and Bathsheba came together. God forgives him when he repents. And he has um, a son after his first son dies because of the sin and the consequences of sin. And that son is Solomon. So Solomon is raised with this crazy scandalous relationship of his dad and mom and his dad being this amazing benchmark of a king in Israel and he watches his dad and he learns from his dad and then he takes the throne after his dad dies and he's king over Israel. He rules for about, hold on a second, he rules for about 40 years and in his 40 year um, rule there is no wars, there is no fighting, in fact the economy is the best that Israel had ever seen. Um, they were wealthy, they were world-renowned. People from all around the known world came to, to watch what Solomon was doing. He did something that his father David could never do. He built a temple, which David really wanted to do, and Solomon's temple, even thousand years later, was still spoken of. Uh, he spent seven years building the temple, then he spent about 14 years building his house. This man loved style. He loved pleasure so much that he had 700 wives. That's right. No, that's not a, that's not a mistake. 700 wives, and then... 300 side chicks, concubines. That was his harem. Thousand women. Mark Twain once said, um, find a good wife and you live a happy life. Find a bad one, you turn into a philosopher. And I have to tell you, Solomon was one heck of a philosopher. Okay? Thousand women, I think, didn't cut it for him. Uh, it's kind of interesting. But at a glance, you know, Solomon was not just a smart guy, uh, not just a wise guy, because God blessed him with wisdom, but he was also a guy who really wanted to find purpose and meaning in life. And I think that's where you and I can identify with King Solomon. You and I are constantly in search of, why is this happening to me? Why am I here on this earth? And why this quarantine? Why this virus? Why church? Why Jesus? Uh, why sin? Why the fruit of good and evil? And all of those questions. Let me read uh, Ecclesiastes 1.1 that will introduce us to Solomon. The words of the preacher, we spoke about that, the Kohala, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And then jumped on to verse 12 real quick. It says, I the preacher have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. So clearly it's, it's, it's saying that this was David's son who was king, uh, Solomon, who was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It's an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He says, I've seen everything that's done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after the, after the wind. We're going to break down these few verses in this next couple of minutes. So let's gather around, and while we have breath in our lungs like we sang, let's learn from this raw, honest, reasonable book that God has given us in his word, and let, let's be pointed, let's, let our spirits, let our soul, let our affections be pointed more towards Jesus and find value and worth of who he is and who he's calling us to be. So let's pray before we jump into this. Father, 
I'm going to thank you now, Lord, for what you're going to do. Lord, these words are um, very relevant and at the same time uh, can be very scary when we go through uncertain times. As we, as we dive into why are we here on this earth, what do you have for us? And as we look into eternity that you have for us. But Jesus, I pray that you would be so real in this place, Lord. That you would invade people's homes now. That you would invade people's lives. That you would invade the cars that people are listening uh, to us on. Or people who are outside in their backyard listening to us on, on their phones. And, and even across the globe. Father, that your nail-pierced hands will go out with such mighty power that you will bring us back to such a joy and freedom in you, Jesus, that nothing will stop us from having this freedom in you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that in this life, there's nothing that can um, bring us such freedom and joy, but only you can. And I pray, Lord, that you would do a miraculous work this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The title for this message is, Everything is Meaningless Without Jesus. Wow. How encouraging is that? Everything is meaningless without Jesus. And while you are, you're you know, writing that title down on your piece of paper and your notes, uh, I want you to know that the mission of our church, okay, the mission and vision for our church is for us to encourage believers to fall deeply in love with Jesus and that our intimacy with Christ will compel unbelievers to find new hope in Jesus Christ. That's our hope. And so when I, when I throw titles like this at you, and when we ask about questions of why we're here and what happens after we die, it's not meant to be, um, you know, Debbie Downer. But this is supposed to be to encourage us to, to fall deeply in love with Jesus and for us to grow more and more intimate in our walk with God and that our intimacy will be like a billboard of the grace of God to those that don't have a relationship with Jesus. Everything is meaningless without Jesus. Let me give you an illustration, okay? Um, life has this very monotonous drudgery. You ever experienced that? It's terrible, man. Every time I meet with, um, with, our man, with my leaders, you know, I have a meeting with them and then sometimes our conversations go late into the night and I ask them, hey, what time are you working tomorrow morning? And I feel really sorry because it's at 8 o'clock, it's at 7 o'clock, it's at 6 o'clock and I'm like, man, you're hanging out here till 10.30 at night. You know, go home. We have this monotonous drudgery that we call life. Bosses and supervisors, they recognize it and that's why they do stupid things like, hey, Hawaiian shirt Thursday, right? And all the old guys love it, right? And Joel. <laughs> I love Hawaiian shirts, by the way. And, and that's why they do, you know, cheap pizzas on Fridays, just to encourage and to motivate people, to boost people, because we live in this monotonous drudgery of life. With our families, we experience the same thing. So that's why we go on a vacation, right? And then you come back from vacation, then you want a break to recover from your vacation. And we try to break our monotony by changing things on our calendar. But eventually, you will find yourself in the same old place of a tedious repetition in the cul-de-sac of life, going back to doing the same circles over and over and over and over and over again. And that can get really, really, really depressing very quickly. And when you're young, you don't experience it as much because you still have that false hope of, I will distract myself, I will distract myself, I will pick up a new game, I will get a new girlfriend, you distract yourself. But, but once you hit a certain point in your life, you realize that it's the same old monotonous drudgery. And Solomon, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 3, he asks a question. He says, what does man gain by all the toil or all the work at which he toils under the sun? What does man gain from all his hard work that he does under the sun? The word gain over here is interesting. He says, what benefit do you get by all your hard work? What do you have to show in the end? What do you benefit from it? The phrase under the sun is a very important phrase. Um, it might become a part of our vocabulary this next 10 weeks because you're going to see this more than 30 times through the book of Ecclesiastes. Under the sun, under the sun, under the sun. He says, everything that's under the heavens, whatever we do, what is the point of it? 
What do you gain from it? And then verse 1, which we read, it says, The word of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. And verse 2, he says, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. This is the second word that we're going to get very familiar with. Vanity. Now, we think a person who is vain is a person who is you know, standing in front of the camera and taking selfies all day long with a bunch of different filters or standing in front of the mirror. You say, that person is so vain. This is not that kind of vanity he's talking about. Vain, he's talking about, it's meaningless, it's useless. It, it lacks substance. It has no point to it. That's what he's saying. The picture in Hebrew is this. On a cold day, which in Idaho, we have a lot of this, right? On a cold, cold, cold day, you wake up in the morning and you breathe in this cold air and then it warms up in your lungs and then you breathe out and you have this mist or this you know, vapor that comes out and as a kid, you acted like you were smoking. My kids do that a lot, right? My father-in-law doesn't like it. But breathe out this. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, we can't edit it. It's too bad, too late. It goes out like, like, like vapor and that's what he's talking about, vanity. That's what habel is the word, is the Hebrew word. It's, it's, it's meaningless. It's useless. It's got no point. It's here today and it's gone two seconds later. It, it has no sense to it. It's just, it's just vapor. And he says, vanities of vanities in Hebrew when something is repeated. You got to make note of it. It means he's punctuating. He's making it very important. It's vanity of vanity. Like, do you remember another part in the Old Testament where it repeats words? Holy, holy, holy. The emphasis on the holiness of God. And here he says, what is the point of all our work under the sun? Meaningless, meaningless. And he uses this word four times in one sentence. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, exclamation. All is vanity. What's the point of this monotonous drudgery called life that we circle in and out of, in and out of? He's going to give us reasons why he feels that work here on this earth is a vain repetition that is meaningless verse 4 he says a generation goes and a generation comes but the earth it remains forever very interesting verse i would love to preach a whole sermon just on that one verse and go back to the book of genesis because the earth was created for you and me to enjoy it subdue it have dominion over it you remember in the book of genesis god says he creates the world and he says it's good he says take dominion over it rule over it but then one day i'm going to be dead you're going to be dead but what's going to stay the ground, the trees, the mountains, they're still going to be here and you're going to be gone. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.